and welcome to the Foxfire Farmhouse. I'm your host, Josh Bartels, joined, as usual, by the one, the only, Elijah Heyman. What's up? Whose last name, <laughs> coincidentally, is the same name as the man in the story last week. Much hated. Much hated. And somehow, <laughs> I did not think about that during the entire yeah. episode. If you, like, named me Eli Heyman... You have like two of the worst characters in the that's Old true. Testament. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have Elijah though. We missed a great oh, character. There we go. That's I true. I think he picks them both up. Elijah does. I'll just stay with Elijah. Elijah would be. Should, we should cast a story of Elijah in the future because Let's Elijah is an we epic. We do Joshua. Oh, we should do Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely should not be the one playing the role of Joshua. All right, Josh but, is playing Joshua. You heard it here first. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Ah. Let's do. Okay, so now we're getting into the casting. We need to anyway. save that for another <laughs> episode. <laughs> But today is the day after Valentine's Day. Oh, so, so sweet. I thought I would bring with me some movie quotes. We are going to test Elijah's uh, Elijah's trivia. Let's see how it, how we how we go. So I've got some movie quotes right. from some classic romantic movies, and uh, we're going to see going to see if we can pull them. I fail every uh, time on the show. I swear I'm a great trivia head outside of the show. But as soon as I come in here, this is my kryptonite. Everything, everything is lost. This must be this lined with copper. It probably is. That's what does it every yeah. time. It's a Faraday cage for his memories. Dang it! Ah. All right. So here we go. This one. Most the, now. Full disclosure: I would probably fail. Actually, I know I would fail. Like all of this. So here we go. All right. You complete me. What is that from? Jerry Maguire. Boom. One Boom. for one. Here we go. Setting it straight on uh, the trivia. Here we go. When you realize that you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Oh, goodness. Mm. You know, I don't know that one. Hmm. What is that one? When Harry Met Sally. I haven't seen that one. With Rob Reiner starring Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Yep. So here we go. Another one. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Where does that come from? If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Oh, goodness. That's not Forrest the, the, Gump, is the, it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, the bummer of having someone like me pick the movie quotes from movies that I have not watched is that yeah. this might be a throwaway quote that no one remembers and no one quotes often. And therefore, it's not actually very valuable. Yeah. Because this is, is going to come from a popular one, The Notebook, with Ryan Gosling and Rachel uh, McAdams. I, uh, that's, it's a good one, but I can't watch it. It makes me cry. <laughs> no. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love, I love you. I never wish to be parted from you from this day on. Oh, goodness. I know this one. Would you like a hint? It comes from something you love. A movie you love. A movie that I love? Yeah. So so this is coming it's a movie from a that movie love. that you love. It, it, you can't get it wrong here. Wait, say it again. I'm sorry. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I oh, love... is this Pride and Prejudice? This is Pride yeah, and Prejudice. Yeah, this is when Mr. Darcy's in the rain. I know <laughs> yeah, this one. Okay. okay. He got it. There we go. Yeah, two for, I got this one. Two for four. Last one. I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so badly. <laughs> again, mm. I should know this one. I don't know. This is from You've Got Mail. I haven't seen that one. With Tom Hanks and Matt. You have not seen I've You've not got, seen got Mail. I've not seen Got Mail, no. It's a beautiful film. Have you seen Braveheart yet? 
let's not talk about my movie viewing. <laughs> All right. He still hasn't seen Braveheart, people. We'll get, we'll get around Post to that someday. <laughs> Please don't, don't hate me. Please don't hate me. Anyway, right. it's time for some movie news. So, in movie news this week, a new trailer just dropped for Jurassic World Dominion. Indeed it did. I am all there for that. I'm not there. You're not there. I'm so far away Tell from me, there. why are you not there Cause, for the new Jurassic World? Uh, all the Jurassic Worlds. Uh, this, the first one was like middling. Like, it was okay. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I think I would place it on like the same pedestal as like Jurassic Park. Maybe I don't even think I would have it higher than any of the Jurassic Park movies, including two and three. I like both two and three, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then the second one just got so much worse. Fallen Kingdom was so bad. It was just bad. Now, so I, bad. I, I'm totally with you there. The yeah. Fallen Kingdom was horrible, and so I think maybe that's why I am so there for this one. Yeah. Is just because it promises to be something different than that. Sam Neill's <laughs> showing up. When when Sam Neill and Lauren Dern shows up in the trailer, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Goldblum is back. I, I'm I'm all about this. That movie needs to be 100% Jeff Goldblum for me to enjoy it. Like, <laughs> just needs to be him walking. You know, around most movies, if they were 100% about. Jeff Goldblum, I'd be all into them. Yeah. Have you watched The World According to Jeff Goldblum? I have not. It's is it great. good. It's great. Yeah, yeah? It's okay. just the weirdest thing ever, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's great. It's be in the mood. I love. Well, I love uh, that he showed up in uh, the Thor. Mm-hmm. What was the last one's name? Uh, he was the Grandmaster in. Yes, the Grandmaster. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what he was. Not yeah. the Dark Thor. What is the other one? Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Ragnarok. There yeah. we go. Yeah, he he was amazing. He yeah. was just so fun, so quirky. He was Jeff Goldblum. I mean, yeah. He's you, just don't, you, don't need, you don't need Jeff Goldblum to be anyone else. You just put him in your movie, let him be Jeff Goldblum, dress him up in whatever you want him to mm-hmm. wear, and it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I'm so I'm there for that. We'll see. We'll see what it actually happens to be. Uh, movies Hopefully like this, good. you get your hopes up so high because they've got all the people you love, all the yeah, uh, all the lore and mm-hmm. the uh, history of the franchise, all writing on this next film. And yeah. so either it can be great. Well, or they it said it's a conclusion. Like Fallen Kingdom. So they're anticipating it never coming back. Except it's going to end up doing what Star Wars does and just spin off into, you know. Give it 10 now, years, especially, come out with a sequel, yeah, reboot. Or a reboot, yeah. yeah. We're going to reboot it. That that would be another casting question. It's like yeah. if you rebooted uh, the Jurassic Park franchise, then who would you have play? The T-Rex. Yeah, the T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CGI, for same sure. Same T-Rex. <laughs> the exact same one. Yeah. The exact same one that they Get used. rid of the CGI. I don't yeah. want it. I just want robots. So the new Jurassic World will be coming out June 10th of this year. It'll be probably my wife's birthday movie. She's there stoked about it. I'm stoked about it. We'll probably go watch it with the family around that time. Then so come home and watch a good Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking more the other way around, that we will uh, have a marathon over the course of the setting it up weeks. for failure yeah yeah just just <laughs> well, reminding us how great fallen, they were fallen world or fallen or what is it fallen uh, fallen kingdom yeah fallen watch fallen kingdom. Kingdom. so kingdom many right fallen before. things right now um <laughs> yeah watch that one just before and then you'll, and then we'll it'll be... be the greatest movie ever <laughs> it'll be epic set your expectations low. i've got another article here i wanted to talk about uh, actually it's two articles in a pair one is from october of 2020 the author uh talks about his name is Brandon Lewis, and he talks about how the title is Hollywood needs to accept its streaming future. 
Now, this is October 2020, so this is uh, fairly early. What we Mm -hmm. thought was late in the pandemic at the time, and now it turns out that it was early in the pandemic. Yeah. And we, (laughs) we, uh, he was beginning to say, or making the case, that Hollywood needs to accept the fact that streaming is the future, Mm -hmm. and they are going to have to move their production in that direction. Yep. So that's what he was arguing. That's just the short version of Mm -hmm. what he said in the first article. But he recently, in December, came out with a follow-up article with the same title, except he calls it one year later. Mm-hmm. And in that he talks about here's now that we are a year later, where do things stand? How are things moving? And so he's got some really interesting, uh, some really interesting statistics in here about the different box office hits that did do good. So 2021 top box office grosses were Spider-Man no way home with 253 million Shang-Chi and the 10 rings, 224 yeah. million Venom Two, 212 million, uh, Black. Oh, I'm sorry. These are not the total. These are the Marvel ones, I guess, uh, alone. So Black Widow did 183 million. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's not just Marvel because then it's he's got Canto. F9. He's got uh, Eternals at uh, 161. No Time to Die hit 160. Mm-hmm. So you've got that's that's his top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top box office of yeah. this year, mostly Marvel, right? So mm-hmm. cashing in on the big properties. They have the kind of money to do big scale productions. Yep. Uh, they're not as affected by the pandemic uh, in terms of their their capital. They can put into movies as other people have been. Yeah. So you know they, they just are in a different different scenario. Those are doing well. People aren't. And he kind of makes the case that basically it looks like people aren't wanting to get out of home to watch something that is not a guaranteed success that I definitely want to watch yeah. in the theaters. It's definitely like like he's saying. Yeah. You. I. I think I only went out to go see like some of the bigger budget films. Like I think I saw Shang Chi. Yep. And then No Time to Die. I saw Dune. Yep. I, I saw I Dune. Saw, I saw quite No a Time few to Die and Spider Man, I think are yep, me too. perhaps the only three that I watched. I I yeah. think that those I think I watched a couple of those twice. Mm-hmm. So uh but still even watching a couple of them twice meant yeah. I ignored other movies I could have watched to go yeah. watch it the second time. He's says that adult dramas didn't work and he mm-hmm. compares that 253 million from spider-man no way home the top dog to 43 million for house of gucci which was a pretty big movie in terms yeah. of adult uh drama and then you've got a lot of the other ones here that are oscar contenders right now that sit under so 43 is the highest and it goes 24 15 10 i mean these are <laughs> these dismal. are abysmal numbers <laughs> yeah. for them to be looking at uh what other things that didn't go so well were musicals. Uh, they didn't compete. So in the Heights is down at under 40 million. Oh yeah. Uh, you've got West side story down there as well. Movies that should have been a shoe in Spielberg production. Yeah. Yeah, You've got Spielberg, Lin-Manuel Miranda. These should have been big, huge productions ended up not being so. So you've got a real disastrous year for movies. In fact, he says Mm -hmm. he has a statistic here that out of, of the of the movies that were made this year, only eleven grossed more than a hundred million. That was in twenty twenty one. In twenty nineteen, he let me pull up the exact statistic here, but it was, I believe it was twenty nine from uh from twenty six twenty nineteen. So only two years ago. Yeah, it's almost three times the number of movies that were raking in more than a hundred million. Yeah, and that's just not going on right now. Nope. And I just bring that up because it's really. It just really kind of puts some data to the fact yeah. that Hollywood and the typical theater release structure mm-hmm. is crumbling yep. and that streaming, we all feel that streaming is the future because yep. that's what we're doing, but it's not just a feeling that you have because this is where you're watching movies. 
everyone is doing yeah. this now. I think it's just like everyone's now realizing what what exactly was uh, like more volatile investments than others. Like uh, Hollywood is one of the most volatile in terms of how much money gets invested into something. And uh, it can be great returns, but uh, you can risk a lot and then yeah. <laughs> have such big failures. Um, and the same thing with just everything else in our our society right now There's and a lot in of some way in some ways this is exciting news because it means yeah. that uh you since streaming is kind of the name of the game mm-hmm. that it re it, it kind of shakes up how funding has been happening and how yep. it will continue to happen mm-hmm. which means that different filmmakers will begin to get access to funds and that means different movies will come out yeah. and it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll see the big time you know marvel blockbuster style yeah but that we'll begin to see more i i think as we move to the indie route we'll mm-hmm. begin to see more creative uh, more creativity yep. uh, more experimentation more yeah. uh, more interesting stuff coming out so I'm excited for that yeah so we should be, be watching good. for that and of course as uh, we see those kinds of things we'll probably end up talking about them on the podcast yeah. at some point in the future indeed we will yep well let's move on cool things what have you been finding that is cool this week i have been finding the season finale of the book of boba fett really cool mm. such a good well if you spoil the season finale, i will not i will not say anything i will not say anything on the show your most people right haven't started watching it until now because they heard about certain things that's that true. are in the that, show I, that's actually exactly how it happened for mm-hmm. me so i said don't spoil it <laughs> yeah but uh I'm just to get to people whatever. to watch it yeah that people shared uh, images of luke the man Skywalker. Yeah, Luke the Man up. Skywalker. And he looks much better than he did in the last series. <laughs> I think they watched the Corridor the Digital yeah. do much better than they did. Yes. And then they're like, that we can't let these guys do it. Or they might have I don't know if they hired them or not, but maybe. Maybe they did. Because it looks great and it Good. plays really well. Like Does the action's really? really seamless. Like there's only a couple times I was kinda like, eh. But that's it cool. looked really, really good. And also you get to see that beloved little Grogu, which mm. makes me so happy. Happy days. But I won't spoil back, anything else. Takes us back to happier moments in the world. Yes. Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Good times. Good times. But yeah, yeah. That's, a, I, that's exactly why I picked it back up. And yeah. so far, I've been actually really enjoying it. Uh, although I have to say, yeah. I am on the cusp of, I was on the cusp until you started recommending it, saying mm-hmm. it was so good, Yeah, of quitting it at, I guess we're on episode four, I believe, three yep. or four. And uh, it just seems to be kind of losing steam. It's mm-hmm. not really going anywhere. He's just trying to maintain his kingdom. He's got the motorcycle gang now, you know, yep. like with him. And he yeah, felt and like they're grasping sure. at straws a little bit. Yeah. Not sure where they're going. Well, they, they thought that like I can, you can tell in the series that they kind of feel like, oh no, we're losing, we're losing it. And so they grab onto everything. So when you get to the season finale, the amount of like Star Wars nerding that happens with callbacks okay, wow. and characters and vehicles and, it's nice. intense, but it made me super happy as being a huge Star Wars nerd. It rewarded Good. all of my many years of watching <laughs> animated shows and It'll pay off movies of over and over again. I'm like, I know who that is. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it turned out really well. And But it, it's not what I would have expected if you had told me Robert Rodriguez is doing the Book of Boba Fett. I would have expected something a lot more intense. Yeah. But you do get that flavor. I think you talked about it, like that South of the border Western where like, yeah, yeah like right. the true gritty I mean, Western like El Mariachi with, or, yeah, you know, something like something that, like that where yeah. it's a, it's a bit more gritty. There's cartel. There's all these dynamo respect kind of things going yeah. on, double crossing. Uh, but it's visually great and it rewards you finishing the series. Awesome. Good. So well, it sounds the like series, I'm going to have to everyone, finish it then or start it. The first episode 
yeah, that turned a lot of people off, but you just got to keep going. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I just read a book. What I've been finding cool is a book I read by a man named Chris Wiley. C.R. Wiley is how he, uh, his pen name works. Sounds familiar. And uh, he wrote a book called In the House of Tom Bombadil. Ooh. And it is an examination of the character of Tom Bombadil in the Lord of the Rings series. And if you have only ever watched the movies, then you don't know who Tom Bombadil is because he didn't show up in the movies. If you've read the books, it's the chapter you skip. It's the one that you don't know what's going on. And so you're, you're wondering like, what in the world does this have to do with anything? Whoop. The uh, imagine, if you will, the Lord of the Rings movie is playing and suddenly there's a man in a big, bright blue coat with just skipping about bright yellow rubber boots, mm-hmm. just skipping about singing. Big old hat. Big old hat. So mm-hmm. He's in a massive beard like he everyone has. punches necromancers to death or whites. And he's just singing and yeah. just kind of, you know, bumbling around through the through the forest. Mm-hmm. That's this character. So if that seems out of place, then you're you're right it does you're pretty, seem yeah. very well out of place <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people don't know what apparently don't know what to do with uh bombadil i i having only read this book series once myself mm-hmm. he was definitely an odd character but i can't say i really thought much about him i just kind of ignored him but what it's a lot of singing what wiley kind of argues mm-hmm. for and demonstrates is that he is kind of the paradigm of everything put right and mm-hmm. that he's the way things should be and yeah. and he and the book is marvelous it's mm-hmm. great writing. It uh, really engages you, and it and it it makes Bombadil matter to you, uh, even if good. even if you don't even if you've never I, I think if you even if you had never read the book and just knew the character, yeah, I think it'd be the kind of thing that would make Bombadil really interesting to you, yeah, and that uh, he kind of he he deals with the ways people have interpreted Bombadil in the past, and uh, makes a case for his view of him. Yeah. And it really ends up being an inspiring book that at the end of it, you're like, man, I want to be like, I want to be Bombadil. I want to, yeah. I, I want to aspire to end where he's ending or, you know, have the kind mm-hmm. of rest that he has. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was just a delightful little book. It's a short book. Uh, you can get it from Amazon or anywhere else you get books. Yeah. I love so it. Yeah. Check I, it out. We, we went over that a little bit in my schooling. Of, we, we oh, read Lord of okay. the Rings. So yeah, yeah. my teacher loved Tom Bombadil. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So he had similar opinions. I have to read that book. That's awesome. I still, I still came out of it kind of going, ah, but it's, it's all these songs I don't want to listen to or <laughs> yeah, read. Right. But yeah, yeah, it was cool watching him destroy some whites, though. Yes, absolutely. And now our feature presentation. Today being the day after Valentine's Day, we thought we would tackle a popular uh, genre of movies, that being the romance movie. And there are all sorts of romance movies. So many. What, so uh, what's your experience with romance movies? Uh, my experience is a lot of experience with romance ah, movies. Good. I was an expert from the Wonderful. cradle to now I've been educated on romance movies. Nice. Yeah. I've watched a lot, a lot of different kinds. There's so many different kinds. You've got romance, regular romance movies, period piece romances. Mm-hmm. You got the BBC is kind of its own thing. And then you got like rom-coms. There's, there's so many different romances. There's movies with romance in them, but like romance movies where romance is kind of the center of the plot mm-hmm. kind of dictates the arc of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, so what do you think then makes for a good romance movie? A good romance movie. Yeah. Well, let me look to this old dictionary definition that I oh, took a picture of. Hey, yeah. It's a Webster's dictionary from, uh, I think it's from 1942, 1942, 1945. Oh, wow. Nice. Pretty old. Not the oldest one I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, it's talks about in 
in music, uh, how to define romantic, like romantic style music. And I think oh, it fits with film. So it says in music, characterized by the strength of feeling rather than by the strict adherence to the laws of form, passionate, expressive, imaginative, uh, applied to composers, their productions, or their styles. So as far as romance movies, I think what dictates them in a good romance movie is kind of the passion behind it and the, the feeling that you get off of the film more than just like this character loves this character and this happens because there's really dry romance movies out there and romantic books and things like that, like even classics that are read pretty dry. Yeah. But I think for me, the ones that I really enjoy, they have a life to them and they inspire, inspire you to be like as a man, more romantic uh, toward my wife or for those. And when I wasn't uh, married to my wife, it inspired feelings for me that I saved for my wife. And that way, when I got there, like I had an education on this is what being a gentleman is. This is what being uh, romantic toward a lady looks like. And I feel like I was served very well by having a good education as far as movies That's concerned with romance. Because you can have a terrible, a terrible education based off of some yeah, absolutely. horrible, yeah. horrible romantic movies. There's plenty out there, <laughs> which yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, it doesn't take much to uh, go wrong there just because... Uh, doesn't take much to go wrong with love either, no, <laughs> you know, in terms no. of just a regular real yeah. life romance. Yeah. And so there are pitfalls, uh, all along mm-hmm. the way. And some of the, I think some of the best romance movies, uh, probably do that. They probably show you some of those pitfalls and kind of mm-hmm. how to avoid them. So what would you, what would exactly. you say then? Cause so I don't have a lot of experience with the romance yeah. movies. My mom and my sister would watch them uh, growing up. And often that was the time that I left the room. Yep. I went and found something to do. I was outside. I was building with Legos it yeah. wasn't where I wanted to be at the moment. I would much rather be watching something with heavy action or some yeah. kind of mystery. Something like Braveheart. Yeah. You know, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> something like Braveheart. Like Braveheart, yeah. <laughs> just no, not just, Braveheart, uh, yeah. apparently. Some kind of action film, Band of Brothers, something like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a good war yeah. movie, you know, Saving yeah. Private Ryan, mm-hmm. Gladiator, something along those lines. Like, that was, yeah. that was what I would rather watch. Mm-hmm. Not, I didn't have time for the, you know, ooey-gooey romance movies. Nah, I didn't want to hear those. Yeah. But so I so I didn't watch a ton of them as a kid. Mm-hmm. The ones I did watch that I enjoyed were almost always romantic comedies. Yep. And they were almost and they were always classical yeah. romance, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh what what though in your experience made up a good like what were the kinds of romance movies that you enjoyed? Kinds of romantic romantic movies that I enjoyed. Um I think well my f- favorite movie of all time is Pride and Prejudice. Like the Keira Knightley version. And it's, it's kind of like the epitome of like, like, I think it, it hits all those points I was talking about in the definition in terms of it evokes that feeling mm-hmm. and just everything about that movie. And that's why it's a good romance it is because the movie is first off beautiful. It's just a gorgeous looking movie. Um, and it's got great acting. It's got real acting. But for me, like what makes a great uh, romantic movie is when it's kind of real. It has like tangible, tangible things about it. And it kind of makes a distinction between between being uh falling in love and that lovey doveyness and real love and it shows like action put to feelings and it shows situations where that's tested and it shows situations where it's failed um like uh like in the movie it's this story's been out forever so i'm not going to spoil anything by <laughs> spoiling <laughs> yeah, pride is- and prejudices i'm sure the entire audience has seen some form of it um that's why i love i love pride and prejudice is because uh 
uh, Jane, not Jane. What is it? Uh, oh, dang it. What's her first? What's the main character's name? Not Jane. In Pride and Prejudice? I'm yeah, not Pride sure. and Prejudice. So I've never watched that one. Oh, man. This is, I'm never going to live this down. Anyway, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth, because uh, she's hey, Elizabeth in yeah, Pirates of yeah. Caribbean as well. Um, Elizabeth, uh, she doesn't like Mr. Darcy to start with, and she like hates him. But through his actions and what he does for her family and what he how he takes care of things, um, she learns that he's a great guy and that he is honorable and that he looks out for his friends. He looks out for uh, those around him. He's not easily swayed by ladies. He's respectable. Um, he fails at times um, to do the do things that are pleasing to her in terms of uh, uh, kind of ruining her sister's marriage, but she, she figures out that that whole thing was because he was protecting his friend. Um, and he read the situation wrong and they're able to talk through it. And so like, it's just the whole thing of this, this reality of like, that's what real, like real love looks like is Mm -hmm. getting down arguing, going, Oh man, I was wrong. And then like, Oh man, I was wrong. And then, but I still love you and I can see all the things that you've done. Um, that's like, that to me makes a good, a good romance is when, like things are tested and you see people come out of it yeah. loving each other more. Interestingly, uh, and not surprisingly, yeah. you that reminds me of another one of uh her books that have been adapted into a movie and that was Emma just recently. Emma. And it was a it was a beautiful really fun movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one. But it had that same type of romantic vibe where then mm-hmm. you've got a young lady who is really full of herself. Mm-hmm. And it shows that being full of yourself isn't good for <laughs> romance. No. And you have to let go of being full of yourself to come around to finally uh, find that love that she was wanting that she didn't want that she really mm-hmm. did. Yeah. And and so it's just, uh, yeah, ro- I think that it doesn't, it's not surprising that romance movies, because they are dealing with common themes of uh, romantic love in real life, mm-hmm. then uh, have that ability to evoke so much emotion and to instruct us so well. Like yeah. we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, it has that ability to help shape our imagination. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. where when you came to find Abby and started pursuing her, that there was some, you had some kind of imagination, yeah. some kind of visualization uh, of what it looked like to mm-hmm. be a romantic person, to be a gentleman yeah. to her, to love her and care for her needs above your own. Mm-hmm. And obviously there is always learning and we always are moving forward in those mm-hmm. ways, but that those, uh, those images we have from movies can sometimes shape our, the way we handle romance in the real world. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, it's, it dictates those, those points of, it's just like action when like, like, like we were talking about when something, uh, somebody comes out after you with like a knife, you just, you had that split second to go, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to, I'm going to grab that knife because I've, seen movies i've read stories of this is what you're supposed to do to protect a like if you're with a lady this is what you do to protect a lady you do this is like you protect it you get in the way mm-hmm. um it's something that's learned through yeah through story and same thing with like pursuing somebody you're like oh she yeah. dropped something well i'm gonna reach reach down and pick it up for her before she feels obligated to do it i'm gonna pay f- for the bill because i've i've seen that that's yeah. what that's just what men do and it seems to me, so to back out into like yeah. good and bad categories of love yeah. stories. So in my limited experience, it seems to me that the good love stories always, like any good story would, mm-hmm. tells the truth about the thing it's talking about, in this yeah. case being love. Yeah. Whereas the bad ones are the ones that are just pure fantasy wish fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? That's just like, 
we want to show you get to be full of yourself and get the guy or you get to be full of yourself and still be the guy that all the women want, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you get, get to be creepy and still the lady will get, will fall yeah, after you or she'll right. be attracted to your creepiness. Exactly. Twilight. Right. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're looking at you, Twilight. We're looking at you, Twilight, <laughs> standing in over her there bedroom, in, staring at her sleeping over there in the corner. <laughs> what a <Creep>. weirdo. <laughs> like that's creepy. That's yeah. not something that like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do that. Don't wish for that. Like that's that's terrifying. That's like a father's worst nightmare. Yeah, like. it's 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 bizarre. But that's that's the kind of thing mm-hmm. that we have to be careful for because yeah. because our hearts so badly want life to work like that. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to be the pouty little selfish brat who demands of this woman or of this man mm-hmm. that they do exactly what we want mm-hmm. and that they get to they are there to serve our needs. Yep. That's what we want. And so yeah. when there's a story that tells us hey, you can maintain that selfish attitude and get and all just that do you want. whatever they want, whatever you want. Then we want that to be true. Yeah. And so we can easily buy into that mm-hmm. and love those kinds of movies and hate yeah. the ones that are more conflicted and mm-hmm. it's harder and it's more gritty and back and forth. And there's the the change and the, the, the humbling that has to happen in order for the couple to get together. Mm-hmm. We might not want those. Yeah. But uh, those are the ones that are telling us the truth about the way the Honestly, world is. Honestly, those are the timeless ones. Like yeah. Those are the ones that stick around. Like, uh, just thinking about like the distinction between like what men find, uh, like what men want and what, what ladies want when you have like rom-coms compared to like action movies and the men in action movies and they do these great acts and they're like, Oh, respect me woman. And they get, they get what they want from the woman. She's like, Oh, I love you so much. And, uh, whereas like, yeah, the reverse in like these rom-coms or whatever. And the woman's being all like, uh, like all, all, all whatever she is. And then, uh, the man just kind of come comes alongside her. I think, uh, and some and she just like completely disregards everything that he's ever done and destroys his career or whatever. Um, and yet the man still shows up. Like it's it's a give and take. Like those are the best movies is when when one person like kind of messes up another person's stuff and it's just a mess. And yeah. then through it, the two like come together and love each other. Not because like, that's that's exactly I'm what off happens. doing my thing and follow me and I'm off doing my thing and follow like follow me and give right. me what I want. Yeah. Like 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 what you're saying. It's just the two need to come together and truly like kind of. That's why. So I love You've Got Mail. It's one of the few yeah. like rom-coms that I love going to uh, or that I know I would go to. I should say there's probably others that I would enjoy that I just have not experienced yeah. yet. And I need to add to my uh, repertoire. But You've Got Mail. You've got uh, a couple who communicate with each other online mm-hmm. the the whole plot is that tom hanks and meg ryan's character tom hanks is a big box store like think barnes noble bookstore yeah and meg ryan is like the little shop on the corner bookstore okay. and so he's bringing in the big box store to town and it's gonna shut her business down as you know that everyone's saying that's how it's gonna happen but they're also on aol instant messenger and they chat all the time mm-hmm. and they're kind of falling for each other yeah in the virtual world but in the real world they hate each other's guts, yeah. but they don't know that it's, e- th- that it's each other. Okay. And so the movie happens and things are moving forward and there's this conflict between them while there's also this growing love interest between them online. Mm-hmm. And then finally in the middle of the movie, they meet or get ready to meet. And then Tom Hanks realizes that it's actually her. And then now all of that, like, what do I do? is exactly what you're saying that they've Mm -hmm. been like, he's been wrecking her life and she's making his life miserable. Mm -hmm. And they're both like causing a problem for each other and they have to come around and and get, get 
get over themselves yeah. to start helping one another. Yeah. And uh, when, so when they do that, that's when they find love. Yep. And that's when like that quote from the mm-hmm. movie where she's like, I was, I wished it was you, mm-hmm. or I was hoping it was you. Yeah. Is that by the end of it, he won her yeah. and then they go to meet again. And this time it's actually the, the two people are the same person. There's integrity, right? Mm-hmm. For the yeah. first time and everything works out. That's awesome. And yeah, it's a, it's I need a, to watch it's a wonderful movie. story, but yeah. really quirky, really fun. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it's that kind of thing that mm-hmm. you're saying and that, but that's what happens in real marriages. Mm-hmm. My wife messes up my life and mm-hmm. I mess up my wife's life. Mm-hmm. And we have to get over that mm-hmm. and get through our conflicts, work yeah. it out and work together as a and team to overcome the obstacle. Yeah. And it takes, yeah. it takes, it takes one coming in to like, it's, it's 100%, 100% is how it should be. But most of the time it starts with one person initiating it Yeah, because yeah. you have that moment where you're like, oh, we're both angry. We're both upset, and it, it always takes that one to cross, cross the yeah. bridge and give 100% to come over right. and kind of help pull the other one out. Yeah. So uh, romance movies are a blast because mm-hmm. they tell the the story. And I think this is why the romantic comedy is so fun is because mm-hmm. in the comedy it pokes fun at those, uh, new, th- th- those uh, quirks mm-hmm. and idiosyncrasies of men and women mm-hmm. and their differences yeah. and the ways those differences clash yeah just the way people clash yeah. right like it pulls all those things together uh and lets you laugh at things that in the real world aren't always so funny they can get yeah. super tense you know but like it's it gives you that feeling of like oh looking back oh yeah remember when we did that yeah like, right we right we've had that fight before yeah it looks stupid like it shows you how stupid it looks exactly when you're watching right. it and so what's petty and, and this is something that uh uh guy i like to listen to nate wilson always says mm-hmm. is like what kind of character are you supposed to be like if, mm-hmm. if you were looking at yourself objectively yeah. and saying i'm a character in a story mm-hmm. what character are you and when we look in a story like mm-hmm. in a rom-com yeah we can see the person who's being super petty yeah and like just a little kid screaming mm-hmm. you know yeah. we can see that but when it's our own life we'll suddenly we'll know i'm justified this yeah. is I have the right to demand my yeah. way, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. When really we're just being the petty kid, you know, mm-hmm. throwing a fit because he can't get a toy at yeah. Walmart. You know, that's all we are. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's such a, it's such a, there's such a good, uh, a good genre. And that's, yeah. that's one thing that I, I appreciate about, about good ones is that they give, uh, they give a good pairing of people too. Like they, you can see that they go to like mm. young Victoria is like one of my favorite examples of like, it's like my second favorite romantic movie with uh, Emily Blunt. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just a great one. It's better than the BBC version. Again, uh, it's just beautiful, beautifully mm. shot, great score, great acting. Everything about it is great. Um, and you have a strong, uh, female character and it's about Victoria and it's a true story. It's about uh, her having all these people come in and try to take her throne from her and through either through marriage or through uh, uh, like parental relationships and all these different things. Um, And what like the kind of man it took to, to win her was a strong man. Like you have a strong character and I think um, what's her face Cohen. What's her first name? Is it Caitlin Cohen? The one who wrote the winter King. Oh, uh, Christine. Christine Cohen. She brought up this point about the characters that she writes in in her books because there's always some form of romance in the two books that she had. Is that if she she usually has a very strong female character, and for her, it that dictates that she needs a strong male character to take care of that female character. It's not going to be a marshmallow because that marshmallow is going to get crushed. And so when you see in this in Victoria and Young Victoria, is you have this very 
um, unusually strong um, arist- like character that was that was supposed to be in there, like on this secret diplomatic thing, who had a very strong character and resisted that that uh, political game. Okay, and yeah. just went, hey, mm-hmm. I love you, uh, and I'm going to be your husband. And then when she tries to to be like, well, I'm the queen, he's like, well, I'm still your husband. And whenever anybody tried to jump in, like he he just he loved her for who she was outside of all of this. The trappings all of, the trappings yeah. of being a monarch yeah yeah and and still desired and communicated that he wanted yeah. the the things that were due to him as as being her husband and and just the interplay between the two of them is is it's hmm. funny but it's it's very it's just a very true and very beautiful movie yeah um that's cool but yeah and the, the, yeah there's so much that can be communicated in a love story mm-hmm. and like i think of even we've talked about la la land before and the type of that that's there's another yeah. example of love and mm-hmm. in the end you know like we've talked about they both held on to their dreams they wanted to do their own thing yep. and they lost what they could have had yeah, it shows and you the cost of that yeah there's a, there's a, there is a real cost to that mm-hmm. and i think that's the movie does brilliantly so <laughs> yeah and credits we're, already, for the, the we're crying here so what we're crying we're gonna just fade out into the, <laughs> see you next week <laughs> yeah yeah so the, yeah romance stories uh they, yeah. they have a lot to tell us a lot yeah. to teach us and then this shouldn't be surprising because at the center, at the core mm-hmm. of the story of the universe is a love story yeah. between Christ and his bride. Exactly. And he is redeeming his bride back to himself. And what Paul says in the New Testament is that what we didn't realize all along is that every romance points towards that one. Yep. That there is a mystery in marriage, and that mm-hmm. is that it is pointing to the thing. Marriage is in some ways a shadow of the real thing. Yeah, Marriage is not the real thing. And that God uses it to use as a metaphor for his mm-hmm. rela- Christ relationship to the church. Mm-hmm. It's actually, no, Christ is a relationship to, has a relationship to the church. That and marriage. marriage is a metaphor yeah. for that. Yeah. And so every one of our romances, every one of our marriages, however broken and mm-hmm. with all of its, all their baggage, mm-hmm. are all telling a story. Yeah. And they are reflecting, ultimately, the story of Christ loving his bride and giving himself for her. Boom. So it's it's th- that's yeah. why romance movies matter yeah. is that's, because romance is at the play. center of everything. Yeah, and th- that's a that's so true. That's that's the thing I love about about romance movies as well is that like no one's nobody's like one marriage like with all of its problems and all of its positives like represents like the picture perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's right. what's cool about watching romantic movies and watching these things is that you get to see that everyone's relationship is different. Everyone, like the people who fall for each other are different than, yeah. than you. So the more that you that you see, and just even just in life and just being in a church or wherever, you can see different people getting together and they get together in different ways and they they have uh, different things that they appreciate uh, from each other and uh, different strengths that yeah. they have. And that's that's another another aspect of where that, that just helps you build that uh, romantic vocabulary for those yeah, who, right. who are are in who are married and those who are looking to be married. Um, and just growing up is just they get to see more examples of 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 a good a good uh, romance and a good relationship. Yeah, and you know something I uh, just thought of now that I don't that and or random, bad relationship. Random, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Random observation is that I uh, I didn't love uh, romantic movies as a kid, mm-hmm. but I really love them now that I'm married and have yeah. a wife and kids. Right, like that. Like you're saying, the mm-hmm. ability to look at yourself through another person's lens yeah. and see. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's our romance. Like you were saying about yeah. that being our story, that mm-hmm. there's something different that endears me to, I, I'm way more likely to watch a romantic movie now. Yeah. Right? And it, cause it's a fun experience that I can yeah. watch with my wife and we can laugh together at other romances that are just mm-hmm. tanking 
Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we know what that's like, or we know how we know how close we've been to that yeah. kind of a problem. So yeah, mm-hmm. romance movies are a great thing to do. They're perfect val- Valentine Day. Oh yeah, uh, activity. So if you if you uh, missed Valentine's Day and, and and you are just listening to the podcast and you're like, oh snap, I forgot to do anything for Valentine's Day. And if your wife really cares about that, yep. then uh, bring home a big tub of ice cream. What else should I don't know what Some- else. Some candles, some chocolates. Yeah, candles and movie popcorn. Yeah, you know those go together. That's a it's an easy little uh, <laughs> little Valentine's Day. Crack out the you've got mail yeah. or Pride, Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. That's a good one. And uh, one. you'll show your wife that you love her, and you might even enjoy yourself. You might yeah. even enjoy the movie. Don't watch. It's, yeah, terrible. Yeah, don't go watch movies. garbage movies. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't have any great examples of garbage. Do you have a good example of like a garbage? I mean, so even Stupid, those are yeah. even those are fun sometimes to watch together. <laughs> there is a reason that sometimes uh, fun like Twilight. Are... Twilight is a terrible example, but it's sometimes fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, there's 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 bad ones. Out there, but anyway, just enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy watching them. Indeed. Well, if you've got uh, a favorite rom com or romantic movie that you uh, like and would like to have us watch, it'll go right there on the list below Braveheart. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You will I watch might, I might get to it one day. So <laughs> eventually. Yeah. One one day in the distant future. Is, yeah. is Braveheart a romantic movie? No. No. Okay. But I mean it has romance in it. But <laughs> okay. like I don't know. I don't think that that's its its strongest it's, it, point. It, it's called Braveheart. Is that like hearts that are brave in love? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just sorry. Right. I, just, I, I misunderstood this. Movie. Well, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing is just like basically the heart of courage, heart of his steel. lady was killed by Englishmen, and so he's like, Oh, I'm freedom. coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. So it's like a it's like a revenge. Uh, yeah, Finds it's like a revenge romance. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like John. Wick. It's a romance movie. Yeah. So go John watch. Wick is go a romance watch, movie. <laughs> go watch Braveheart with your wife. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's a great romantic movie. I'm sure she'll enjoy it every Valentine's Day. Every Valentine's Just Day, bust that one out. Watch Braveheart. Yep. And yeah. Braveheart and John Wick, and then there you yeah. go. Yeah, Die Hard's yeah. also a good romance movie. That's <laughs> Die a great one. That is, that's a good romance. Actually, actually, I mean the two hmm. the two of them work out their marital problems through that. Movie. They do. They figure out that they appreciate and love each other. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So the moral of the story is, uh, Die Hard is a Valentine's go to your Day wife's movie Christmas, and a Christmas banquet. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the movie for all seasons. Yep, it's an Easter film. There's probably redemption and resurrection somehow in there. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, and then he it came back. <laughs> Ho, ho, ho. Halloween? Okay. No, I have I a machine <laughs> Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Foxfire Farmhouse. We, we are lost. glad <laughs> that you have showed up here in the farmhouse yeah. and uh, hung out with us again. If you have ideas for future episodes, if you want to join us on the podcast, if you want to call in randomly. Mm-hmm. Not really. I don't know. <sighs> just call it just technology yet. We, yeah, we, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> But we'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or comments. Be sure to like and subscribe and do all the things that they say to do with podcasts. Yeah. And five uh, stars. Five iTunes. stars. Yes. Write a review. Write a review. Write some comments on YouTube. Yeah. We've been watching them. We, we, we got yeah, yeah. comments. Yep. That's so pretty cool. Hit us up and uh, we will see you next time here at the Foxfire Farmhouse. See y'all. See y'all.